Anybody here have a phobia of a certain food? I, I've got a few. One of them is pea soup. As a child, I just I must have had a bad experience with it, and um, and I formed an opinion about pea soup. Pea soup. My parents, my mom would make pea soup, and I would fast that dinner. Um, I also had another one about Brussels sprouts. I'm, I'm a, I was a picky eater as a child. I got to be honest with you, I was a picky eater. But I formed an opinion about Brussels sprouts. And it was like, and it was not good. And then about five months ago, I had Brussels sprouts off a barbecue with bacon bits. And it was good good. Like, I actually took it willingly, and I went for a second one. And then just a couple weeks ago for Christmas, my daughter-in-law made, as part of a dinner meal that we had together, she made a, a, a special cheese dish with broccoli and cauliflower, which were ones that I got over years ago, but uh, I had issues. And in there, she had broccoli. And as I... Uh, Brussels sprouts. And as I'm dishing, I see the Brussels sprout. And I willingly scoop the Brussels sprout in because there was no way my daughter-in-law was not going to see me take everything. It was like, there's no way I can just have one or two. I got to have everything. And it was good. And what I found was Brussels sprouts never did anything to me before, but I had an opinion about them. But as I tasted and I saw, they were good. Now, I still got reservations, but um, they have to have bacon. I mean, just about anything goes good with bacon. So, I mean, it's, it's, there maybe is a dilemma in there or a common denominator. But... But what I found was I had an opinion about something that I had formed without full information. And sometimes I have an opinion about God, but I don't have all the information. Sometimes we form decisions, we make comments, we will assess things based on this direction. So this morning, I want to challenge your thinking, not about what you're eating, but about who you're serving. And we're going to use a few scriptures but what I want you to do is, are you prepared to lay aside some of these thoughts and start from this direction? Are you prepared to lay aside 
what people have said. I had a lot of brothers, and a couple of my other brothers didn't enjoy Brussels sprouts, and so I formed an opinion based on what they said or how they looked when my mom put it on the table. And quite often we form opinions about things that we haven't even examined. And what we do is we actually lose out the benefit. So this morning, I want to take a few moments before we have soup. And I'm asking God that I don't want to have pea soup in there today, Lord. <laughs> but before we have soup, I want to take a few moments and I want us if we're prepared to lay down some of our preconceived ideas and let's maybe take a look at God from a perspective of who he is and not what I think about him. I'd like to look at John chapter 1. Our Heaven on Earth cards this month are reading the book of John. The book of John is an interesting book. It's a gospel. He was one of the disciples. Now, it was not written by John the Baptist. John the Baptist is one of the characters in the beginning of the book, but the book was written by John the Apostle, the disciple. And we have four gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Matthew, Mark, and Luke are all very similar. They're actually called synoptic gospels. They have a lot of similarities in them. You'll find a lot of similar stories, a lot of similar miracles, a lot of similar examples. Not all of them, but there's a lot that is together. The Gospel of John is a little unique in that way, in the fact that they say, and the theologians and those that have studied, that say 93, I think it was 93% of the material in the book of John is only in the book of John. So there's a different aspect of the book of John. So I'm, I'm telling you this because as you take time this month and you read the book of John, I want to give you something in the back of your mind to think about when you're reading John. The first 18 verses is referred to as the prologue or the introduction to the book of John. And it has theological aspects in that passage. And I want to take some time this morning and I want to take a few of those thoughts and challenge our thinking because I think sometimes we view God based on what I think, what I've experienced. And sometimes it hasn't even been what I've experienced, but what somebody else has said. Instead of, as Psalm 34 would say, taste and see that the Lord is good. Some people would refer to Matthew, Mark, and Luke, and they would say that talks about the history of Christ. And then they would look at John, and they say that talks about the mystery of Christ. There's an aspect in the book of John that opens up a relationship with Jesus that the other three Gospels don't have in the same measure. Quite often, people that get saved for years, an evangelistic association would give them a book of John to read. I've heard of people who got saved, and they said, what should I do? And the first thing they said was, read the book of John. 
Because there's a revelation and an understanding or a picture of Christ that is so amazing and it is so much different than the other Gospels. But what it is, it's a revelation of a relationship with Jesus. John was referred to as the the disciple who Jesus loved. So in your devotional cards, you're going to have some thoughts this, this month. And what we're doing is we're going through the book of John. The memory verse is John 10.10. This is an amazing description that Jesus gives about himself. He says, the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy, but I have come. I have come to give you life and to give it to you more abundantly. That's coming from here, going that way. That's a statement he makes. It's interesting when you study the book of John. It's almost, this is almost like a Bible school class this morning. Um, the number seven appears in the book of John in amazing ways. There are seven I am statements. I am the bread of life. I'm the resurrection and the life. I am the way, the truth, and the life. There are seven of those amazing statements in the book of John that aren't found in consistency or in completeness in the other Gospels. There are references to them, but not in the same way. There's another seven I am references that are almost hidden in the writing in the book of John. So... um, It's just amazing when you take time and you look beyond the script and you see the handprint of God in how a book is written. Because every scripture is written by the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. In other words, I didn't just sit down and write. Or John, it was breathed and God inspired him as he wrote. It was written through their personality, their uniqueness, And yet, the pen was moved by God. And the numbers, it's it's just amazing to see the handiwork of God throughout the scriptures. Scripture after scripture, passage after passage. When you dig a little deeper and you find out the richness of God in the scripture. And John is the same. And so this morning, I want to just give you, I just want to throw out to you some of the amazing things in the book of John. And as you take time this month, I'm asking God to give you a greater understanding and revelation and appreciation for who God is, who Christ is, and what Jesus has done for you. Another thing we have is we have our devotional card and and our purpose card. The purpose card is pretty much the same month after month and same with the devotional card because there's aspects of developing habits and disciplines that are very strong and powerful in your life. So sometimes they don't change. For instance, the concept of the purpose, my purpose is this month I will live out my purpose and every day I will. We leave that in there every month. I would suggest to you to consider this month My purpose is to get a greater understanding of Jesus Christ. I am convinced that I don't know him enough. I have found as I take time to think about him 
the revelation of him just grows and expounds. And this morning, I'm going to try to attempt to give you some thoughts for you to ponder and to think about as you go about this next month, as you go about this next year, as you go about this next decade. So if you could turn in your Bibles to John chapter 1. So this morning, we are starting here. And you are there. So Psalm, uh, Psalm John, chapter 1. And I'm going to read the first 18 verses, and then I'm just going to give you about four or five points from those verses. There's, <laughs> there is a lot in there. There's a lot. So I am not going to do it justice in the next 18 minutes. I know I won't. But what I'm hoping to do is to pique your interest and to pique your curiosity and to pique your desire to get to know Christ more. Because I am convinced the more you get to know Christ, the greater your life will become. Because he came to improve your life. And if you think that you know enough about him already, you are starting from this position. So let's begin reading John 1. I'm going to skip a few verses in there for time and, and for the fact that it goes to John the Baptist talking or writing about John the Baptist. The first five verses. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Think of Genesis 1. In the beginning, God. In the beginning was the Word. And the Word was with God, and the Word was God. That's about all I can say about that. I can't explain it any much better than that. And I'm afraid if I try to explain that a whole lot, I'm going to make a mess of it. He was with God, and he was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things came into being through him, and apart from him, nothing came into being that has come into being. Nothing. Nothing. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. The light that was in him, which was life, that brought the light, was light, shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not comprehend it. And that word comprehend actually is, also means overcome. The light, the darkness could not overcome the light. Remember, this is where we're starting from. So what we're reading is a description right now of the majesty of Christ. Of the awesomeness of God. Of the magnitude of Jesus. May we never get so smug that we figured it all out. 
Let's skip down a few verses to verse 9. There was the true light which coming into the world enlightens every man. The capacity that Jesus has is a capacity to enlighten every single person in the world. He doesn't go through and say, no, not him, not him. He has the ability, the power, the effectiveness of Jesus is effective for all seven or eight billion, however many of us there is. And from generation from zero all the way to generation to the end. He never loses his effectiveness. He's better than the ever-ready bunny. He keeps going and going and going and going. He tired that little bunny out. He was in the world, and the world was made... This blows my mind. He was in the world, and the world was made through him, and the world did not know him. Sometimes we become the center of the universe. He came to his own, and those who were his own did not receive him. But, thank God for the but, as many as received him, to them gave, he gave the right to become children of God, even to those who believe in his name. Do you believe in his name this morning? Do you receive what he has done for you? Then let me tell you, without a doubt in my mind, you are a child of God. Your family and your heritage is established not because of you, but because of him. I preached a couple weeks ago, and i got to make sure theologically I always keep it right. You, the, the left is always the bad side, and the right is always the good side. No, I'm just kidding. But I, I preached about how we were translated, and this is where I function from. I'm a child of God. This is where we're coming from. Holy Spirit, just open our minds. Have, have, a, have a curiosity to get to know him more. But as many as received him, to them he gave the right to become children of God, even to those who believe in his name, who were born. Get a load of this. This is how you were born. Not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. You were born of God. You believe him, you receive him, you are born of God. It's a whole different life. My living is generated from here. And I get a whole lot of crazy thoughts. And what I got to realize is those opinions, those evaluations are based on me. But if I start to base them on him... I get life. 
I have light. I have family. These things all are coming from him. You're going to have a test, by the way, at the end of this class. And you will get credits to go towards your Christian life experience. (laughs) Verse 14. And the word, this is my main thought this morning. And we're going to come across and back at this again. But I wanted to read this all through first. And the word became flesh and dwelt among us. The Word became flesh. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. And we saw His glory. And that word glory is doxa, which means Opinion. And we saw his opinion, his majesty. Opinions are actually what we think about something. So when you glorify something, you actually have an opinion about it. And that forms the depth of the word doxa, glory. It talks about weight and splendor and majesty, but those all come based on how you evaluate something. And we beheld his glory, life, light, family, might, strength. And we beheld his glory, the glory as of the only begotten from the Father, full of grace and truth. John testified about him and cried out, saying, This is he (laughs) of whom I said, He who comes after me has a higher rank than I, for he existed before me. And he's looking at a physical person here. When Jesus walked, he didn't have one of those halo things riding around his head that people said, There's Jesus, I see his halo. No, he looked just like you and I did. And John says, he came after me, and yet he existed before me. Do you think God knows a little bit about life? I mean, he is life. Relationships, stress, anxiety. He's the one who I form my opinion. This is how I'm starting learning and growing in forming my opinion. And I have found, as I've tasted and I've seen, I can tell you he's good. Because I've laid aside my preconceived ideas and my preconceived thoughts and said, no, hallelujah, what does he say? The word became flesh and dwelt among us, 
And we, be, and we saw his glory. The glory is of the only begotten from the Father, full of grace and truth. John testified about him and cried out, saying, This is he of whom I said, He who comes after me has a higher rank than I, for he existed before me. For of his fullness, talking about Jesus, of his fullness we have all received. Fullness. What have you received from God? Of his fullness. Complete. Nothing lacking. I'm all about giving you principles of how to live life, but this is the first principle on how to live life. I'm all about giving you wisdom. I believe in it. But the greatest piece of wisdom I can be, give you is in the beginning, God. Not Oprah. Not Dr. Phil. Not Dr. Oz. Not this thing. Not that thing. Not that fad. In the beginning, God. And I believe the more you get into examining and understanding and growing God and understanding in your growing of God and knowing who he is, the more time you spend there, the more practical you become. And the miracle is you become supernatural just naturally and you become natural supernaturally. I believe some of the greatest miracles we will ever experience is just in the fact of getting to know God. Some people are crying out for miracles, but they're not getting to know who God is. For of his fullness we have all received, and grace upon grace. For the law was given through Moses, grace and truth were realized through Jesus Christ. Grace and truth. I'm trying very hard to write legibly. I, have you ever read a doctor's prescription? I'm amazed the pharmacists even know what it is. And by the way, when you fill out your testimony cards, a couple things. Write them legibly and write them large. Because I understand some people said, make sure I can read the writing. And then he finishes in verse 18, and I, <laughs> no one has seen God at any time. The only begotten God who is in the bosom of the Father, he has explained him. Now, if you understand Greek writing, many of the Greek writers, what they would do is they would start a passage, and then they would end the passage with the same phrase. And kind of tighten it up and just tie it all together. And if you read this passage, you find out that he's talking about being with the Father, in the Father, being with God, being God. And in verse 1, it says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. These 18 verses catapult you into the book of John. I'm giving you some information this morning, but I'm also believing that I'm going to give you some aspects that God will transform you because I don't transform you, but his word can transform you. His word and your thinking of his word or your 
opinion or your glory of his word. So I've got three minutes left. Soup cannot be eaten cold. So I'm going to give you these three points or four points or eight points in three minutes. Pastor Daniel laughs because he knows the dilemma. First thing I want you to know is Jesus is life. Jesus is life. He says further on in John, Jesus is talking and, it, and he says, if you know the Father, you have eternal life. And if you know him who he sent, and eternal life is knowing Jesus. He's not just spiritual life, but he's also the life now. He can affect your physical life. What I'm trying to do is I'm trying to graphically show you God. And the only thing I've got on this side is Brussels sprouts. Here, I've got everything else. And if you really wanted to argue, you could say Brussels sprouts would be on this side too. Because <laughs> they weren't that bad. Jesus is life. Another thing I want to leave with you. Nothing can overcome the light that Jesus gives. That's in verse 5. Nothing can overcome the light that Jesus gives. For 2020, on earth as it is in heaven, is personified through Jesus Christ. He became flesh and dwelt among us. I cannot... I'm trying to understand what that would look like to physically have Jesus, God, with us walking among us. And it's like, wow. It just blows my mind. It just, it just keeps growing. And when Jesus left... As I've heard one pastor say, he basically looked at the disciples, at us, and he goes, tag, you're it. So for you to see Jesus, you should see him when you see me. I should. You should convey light to people. So what I just read, these are what Jesus, God, grace, truth, fullness, but actually that now is in me. That's in me. The infinite Inside this finite body. A mystery of mysteries. Nothing can overcome the light that Jesus gives. Because of Jesus, I belong to the family of God. We read, sang earlier about no longer orphans. Because you have a father 
You have a family. You and I are brothers and sisters. Not just in the family of God, but we're brothers and sisters this way. One of the greatest expressions we have and the pictures we have is the picture of family that God paints in the scripture. And the last point I have, and we're going to close with, with a physical thing or a physical act, but the last point I have is Jesus has every necessary part that you need. When it says of his fullness, that word fullness means completeness, wholeness, nothing lacking. My prayer for me is that I would get a greater revelation of who Jesus is and that I would live that revelation. My prayer for you as one of your pastors is that each one of you would get this dynamic, alive, powerful revelation of who Jesus is and that you are now tagged and you are it. As they say, he may be the only Jesus, you may be the only Jesus someone sees. The word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we saw his glory. These are all the glory, the weight, the heaviness, the majesty, the opinion, the thinking about. These are things that we think about, that we develop and develop a, a thought or a process or an opinion about. Don't start from here. Don't start from here. Don't say, I don't like it because someone else said so. Taste him. Check him out. I am convinced if you honestly, wholeheartedly give him every aspect of your life, I am convinced that you will find that he is good that he is life, that he is full, that he is limitless. We're going to do two things. One of them is I'm going to give you an opportunity. If you don't know who Jesus Christ is and you have not <clears throat> accepted him as your Lord and Savior, if you have not asked him and believed him and received what he has done for you, you can do that right now. So what I'd like you to do is if you could close your eyes, every one of us, and if any of you here would like to accept and believe in the work that Jesus did for you, I'd like you just to raise your hand and we will pray with you. I want to give you that opportunity. Amen. Awesome. The second thing I'd like to do is I want to take a step of faith here this morning. Last year, we put this line down. It's time to pull it out. 
what we did was we wrote things that used to be limits to us, and we said, I'm going to step over them because of the grace of God. What's interesting is Pastor Nelson last year, the first Sunday in January, preached from John 1 about the grace of God. And it set me on a course to check on God's grace. And I found that His grace takes you further than you could go before. So this line represented a limit that I may have had in my life, but now I'm going to go beyond it. Today what I want to do is I want all of us to come and I don't know how this is going to work, but we're going to pull the tape off. And what that, to me, symbolizes is I am no longer living like this, but now I'm living limitless because of what Jesus has done. So um, it looks like we, we had to put extra tape over the, the writing. So if you try to pull the writing up, you're not going to get it. So can I have, everybody's welcome to join me. Some of you physically, it might be difficult to get up or down. But if you want to come up here right now, and we're going to do this together as a recognition and as of an opinion and then the glory of God. So what we're doing is we are looking at what he has done. So if you can come, just let's just physically... Just take, yeah, you can start pulling it off. I don't have a clue how easy it's going to go. And please don't pull up the whole carpet. But you can pull up the masking tape. And let's do this as family. This is recognizing that we are going beyond now and there is no limit to what God will do. So don't pull the whole thing out. Allow somebody else to help or to grab it so that we all become a part of it. All right. And now I've got a very theological statement to make. If you could all just look forward. God, would you bless the soup? Amen. Amen. Enjoy the soup. Amen. You are welcome.